Wait a minute, I hear something. everybody welcome to the show it's not the movie time uh <laughs> hope you enjoyed that it's a, a new uh, new hit single i got coming out anywho uh welcome to the show this is dr movie the show where i'm driving down the road and dodging traffic uh and talking about movies all at the same time uh i have to go ahead and clarify i am a professional so don't try this at home or maybe you can try it at home don't try it while you're driving like i am because uh you know it can be dangerous but you know what i live on the razor's edge not really but anywho uh filing this under the same category as the last movie as what the heck did i just watch we have the movie mandy from 2018 uh, finally got around to checking this one out and boy what a doozy we got here I don't know how well I'm gonna do describing this movie because uh, it is uh, it is unusual <laughs> uh, like I said 2018 it is directed by who directed this movie Panos Cosmatos What has Panos given us besides trying to wipe away 50% of the population of the earth? Um, Beyond the Black Rainbow. Well, yeah, that totally makes sense when I think about that, which I am a fan of. Um, Really plays into what this whole movie is about as as well. So uh, there you go. I just learned something new. I knew it was a eclectic director of some type, just wasn't uh, that familiar with the name, but yeah, I watched Beyond Black Rainbow when it came out and was like, wow, uh, this kind of has like the Kurt, uh, Ken Russell, I was going to say Kurt Russell, the Ken Russell feels as far as weird symbolism and, you know, camera tricks, odd lighting, which is everything to talk about in this movie, right? Except you do have one crazy Nick Cage which who doesn't love that right let's see if we can find a synopsis that's not a a mile long here this one's pretty long (laughs) in the Pacific Northwest in 1983 outsiders Red Miller and Mandy Bloom lead a living and peaceful existence while their pine scented haven is savagely destroyed by a cult uh, led by a sadistic Jeremiah Sand. Uh, Red is catapulted into a phantasmagoric... Hey, how about that word? Catapulted into a phantasmagoric journey filled with bloody vengeance and laced with deadly fire. Wow, they... They kind of fluffed the feathers on this one, I think. Uh... Here we go, we've got uh, Why to Watch, my favorite segment of the show. Got three words for you. It's strange, thrilling, and gruesome. 
that, that's 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 the that's what I think. <laughs> it says astonishing cinematography, powerful score, amazing performances, mind blowing uh, visuals, and a bloody vengeance story. Yeah, all of the above. It checks all those boxes. Um, a sensuous warmth, waff, a, sens- a sensuous swath. Wow. Say that fast two times. A sensuous swath of striking imagery and otherworldly atmosphere. Mandy is a hypnotic, bloody pleasure. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those hard to, had, hard to categorize movies. Um, it's kind of like a bad acid drip in some ways. It, it kind of fits into a lot of stuff that we've been seeing here lately. And not a problem with that. Um, they are trying to give us something different. And for that, I am appreciative. Um, you got a lot of Argento-style lighting in this. Backed with uh, some crazy, like, face morph- morphing effects. And, you know, it's got lots of craziness. Again, if you've seen Beyond the Black Rainbow, you know what you're getting, right? Uh, as far as our cast, like I said, we got Nick Cage as Red. I... Don't know what else you need to know. I mean, it's Nicolas Cage. It's it's pretty much why you check this out. Andrea Rosenborough. Rosenborough. Uh, what else has she been in? Oblivion. Uh, Possessor. Uh, the Grudge from 2020. Birdman. So there you go. Um, Matilda the Musical. So, hey. Got some clout. We got Linus Roach playing uh, Jeremiah Sand. Our crazy of the movie. Uh, has he been... What's he been in? Vikings, Law and Order, Ten Commandments, the 2006 version. Uh, Homeland. A lot, a lot of TV series. Looks like um, and what a performance. I mean, we're going to talk about Nicolas Cage, right? But, you know, without a crazy bad guy, what do you have in a movie, right? Uh, we got Billy Duke in this. Bill Duke, Predator, first thing I think of. Uh, great actor. Plays a, plays a character called Carruthers, who's an old, I think an old military friend of reds in this movie don't have a huge scene but what he does it kind of gives you some background of what's going on and then you just got a whole bunch of extras that are in here that are all part of the the cult so super low cast when you think about it i mean there's just really a handful of people in here but what a weird mixture of things because uh i really got some mixed feelings about this movie um, I don't know for sure that we're trying to send a message of Christianity out here of being super evil. It, it, it kind of pushes that direction to a degree. Um, which, you know, sure there's crazies. There's crazies in everything, right? But, he, you know, there's a specific part in the movie where Nicolas Cage calls them a bunch of Jesus freaks. 
But I don't know that they are. I don't think they're Jesus freaks. I think Jeremiah thinks he's God. Totally different. Right? Um, kind of a split personality kind of thing. But I don't. he doesn't really reference to Jesus at all. I think he thinks he is God. Totally different when you look at it that way. Um, so it's, that's a weird uh, play on things there because... And, you know, Nicholas Cage might have just been saying it because he, you know, they were, they're hippies to an extent. And there you go. I'm kind of pushing down that road. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of get this setup of normal life. Mandy's working at a little, you know, mom and pop store. Just selling odd and end stuff to people that come through. And... Uh, Red is working in like in a logging business or something like that. A lot of big heavy machinery. And you got a, a glimpse into their personal life, sitting at home, enjoying life. And I think Mandy's walking to work one morning and that's when our cult pass, passes by in their van. And Jeremiah says he has to have her. So there you go. That's where all this starts. Now he's got women in his cult that you know, he kind of uses and abuses. They've got a guy that hooks them up with some, I don't know that it's LSD, but it's definitely laced with something that takes them to another plane, let's just say, which plays a heavy part in this movie. And in order to get Mandy they they blow this horn and it's like hellraiser <laughs> these 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 characters that, that's the weird thing because you get all this you got the cross symbolism we're calling them jesus freaks but we're calling demons from hell to go and do our dirty work so it's just a weird mishmash of confusion of you know what we're trying to come across with religion here um not that it really bothers me. It's just kind of, I don't know. I mean, what are, you, what are you saying here? Because you're pulling from two different ends of the rope. So that's the only thing that kind of made me go, I don't know. I mean, I like the idea that you get these weird creatures, you know, Cenobite-looking things coming in and wreaking havoc so you can have the girl. But they also capture Red and take him back and tie him up. And... Uh, they end up giving the drugs to Mandy. And then uh, Jeremiah is ready to make love. And uh, he whips out the winter schnitzel right there in front of everybody. And she starts laughing at him. Because, <laughs> you know, who knows? Nicholas Cage, he may be, you know, a stud bull. But uh, this humiliates Jeremiah. And he runs back to his room and he's crying and don't know what to do, and then all of a sudden he snaps and turns into that other personality. Decides to take things into his own hand. Uh, well, not that that those things, but uh, he, uh, he decides that uh, they're gonna put Mandy in a bag, string her up, and hang her from a tree, and set her on fire right there in front of Nicolas Cage. And uh, that's what sets this whole thing off. From that point on, you've got Nicolas Cage tracking them down and he goes back to his buddy which is uh, 
like I said, Billy Duke Carruthers, that tells it. This is the only backstory we get of any of this is, man, strange things have been happening. These characters, you know, these creatures have been riding through. And I mean, so it's, it, there's not much meat on the bone when it comes to telling the story here. Unless I just missed a lot. I don't think I did. I think it's just a, a, a brief enough reason to make things happen. And normally I like that. But I think when you're trying to tell a movie on this magnitude of why he's get, getting revenge, I mean, it's pretty obvious why he's getting revenge. They, they said his, his soulmate on fire in front of him. Um, but he's going after the demons. He's going after the cult. And he's, he, you know, tracks down the guy that's making the drugs for him. And that's how he gets the information of where they are. So you got a road trip. You got some cool four-wheeler stuff going on. And then he's got, you know... These weapons that he's built, which are handmade, you know, looks like, I don't know, a Klingon weapon. <laughs> and uh, one by one, he goes after them until he tracks down Jeremiah. And uh, I just kind of leave it there because uh, if you haven't seen this one, you should. But it is bizarre. Like I said, there's... There's face melting. There's the weird thing about every time Nicolas Cage goes to sleep, he dreams in animation, which kind of throws me off. I just particularly don't like that. Never once in my life have I ever dreamed in animation. Again, though, we're dealing with a guy that likes to take you places you haven't been. And for that, I respect it. But I don't know. That kind of takes me out of the movie. But other than that, I like this movie a lot. Um, it feels familiar. I can't, I can't place my finger on it exactly. What what it what it kind of sisters up to. It's bizarre enough, like I said, that it's it's it stands on its own. But there's there's something else that I, I, you know what? As soon as this was over, you know what I wanted to watch? Bad Dreams, which I couldn't find a copy of at the time. Because it, it, it reminded me of that whole thing, right? Remember the movie Bad Dreams? Because you've got the, the cultish thing going on there, right? Uh, where, you know, the girl was part of the cult and the cult burned themselves alive. She survived, but they're kind of after her the whole time and kind of ends up being this weird psychedelic kind of thing going on. You know, it, it kind of made me want to go back and visit that one again. But I didn't. But uh, I don't know. I, I think overall, this is a, it's a solid flick, and it's definitely weird. So really hard to describe in, in a lot of ways. And there's things that I just I can't. I, I'm looking for reasoning, and maybe I just shouldn't, right? As much as I love the Italian stuff, I shouldn't be worried about reasoning. <laughs> but anywho, that's kind of my take on this, and I I will give this a, a three out of five. Um. Probably after a couple of watches, it might work its way up to a four. But that's kind of where I stand on this one. Let me know what you think. And if you have some suggestions for some movies that need to be covered, especially for October, being we're right here on top of it, in the midst of it, uh, let me know. And with that being said, folks, we will check you later. Dr. Pooper.